Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, uh, the podcast where we reflect on the Bible and our evangelical upbringing now that we are not that thing. My name is Justin. I was a pastor for many years, evangelical. I was even in a church choir. Thank you very much. A youth choir. And we would sing in the mall at Christmas time. So that's how committed I was to. Wow. To my evangelicalism. <laughs> I also read the Bible an awful lot. And yeah, now I want to talk about it. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. Hi, I'm Tori. Also former evangelical and also sang in choir at church. Oh. It was part of our little like missions trip that we would do every summer. And we would like go to Tijuana. <laughs> oh, nice. And sing to them. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was very special. Yeah, it was like Tijuana and Compton. Like those were the places that they were taking all these little suburban white kids. I'm not joking. So that was, those are my My credentials, I guess. My face right now. (laughs) (laughs) Justin's face was utter shock. (laughs) So that's what we did when I was in high school. It was super cool. And it wasn't, it wasn't cool. I mean, I mean, it was fun for me because I was homeschooled. So getting out of the house was a very special experience. Yeah. A week away from the house. That's exciting. I don't so, care if I'm singing to people. Totally. Yeah. Totally. No, it was it was great. I also really know my way around Southern California because of it, having never lived there. So anyway, I decided to leave because I realized all those fuckers are racist. It's like, oh, this is not this is not my place. Cool. I will take myself elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like me and my tithes are gonna get up and leave. My tithes leave your are ministry. My tithes are done. Get, I want that shit back. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there should be reparations for people of color first. Definitely. But I also think there should be reparations for those of us that tithed. The next order. Oh my God. No. I'm, not, be... I mean, I'm not mad about this. I'm not, I'm oh. not, I'm, I, would, I would take my money back, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like manipulative freaks. So this week, we're not really going to, we don't have a this week in evangelicalism, honestly, because Tori and I both had pretty good weeks. Yeah, um, we don't want to sully any of that. And we really don't want to dive into it. Mm-hmm. But we we do have feelings about springtime and the season of Easter. So many feelings. And so we're going to talk about that. 
here's here my drinking game. My proposal for the drinking game today. Okay. Is um. I might ever, already be drunk. Yeah. Well, as am I. Tori and I talked for quite a bit before recording, and we were also drinking. Mm-hmm. So yes, drinking and talking. It's going to continue. I think my proposal for the drinking game is every time Tori gets a little bit upset. Mm, that's uh, fair. That's valid. I should say quite a bit upset about Easter. I'm angry. I, I'm angry. I have a lot of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but you should just take a drink. I'm starting now. Um, oh, man. If you're drinking when Tori is raging, like you are, you're going to be drunk. You might need medical attention. Obviously, if you don't drink or you're driving or something, just do a push up, uh, drink water. You're going to be well hydrated. Um, yes. You will really way. have to pee by the end um, of this episode. And, and that's fine. You can pause and uh, take a pee break. That's fine. We might too. So, Tori, like you grew up evangelical. I grew up evangelical. We celebrated yeah. Easter every year around springtime. We're going to have probably a couple episodes about Easter over the course of the next few weeks. So Easter's a thing. It's like the most important day in church, ostensibly. Ostensibly. Yeah. I don't know that it gives, it's not given, I, like Christmas is clearly given more attention, at least in my my church, but. Yeah, that, that was always the funny thing. Like when you have to say it's the most important Christian holiday over and over again, it's probably it's not. not yeah, Christmas just sucks up so much energy in yeah. our calendar, whether even if whether you're a Christian or not. Even by the time you get to Easter months later, they're like, here's another massive Christian holiday. I think people are like, okay, like, eh. <laughs> cool, <laughs> like, I guess, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't help that it never happens the same time of year. So Which, that- again, like that might be the only thing I like about it is that it's, 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 Easter is very pagan. They just pretend it isn't. Like mm-hmm. there are there are no Christian holidays on the lunar calendar. I'm sorry, yeah. there's not. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what is what is this Easter business? I would like to know. Yeah, well, it pulls from all these different streams because obviously Easter and you know Astara. I think that's how you pronounce it. The Anglo-Saxon goddess of the dawn, which there is actually some debate as to how ancient that goddess is i i'm not a pagan necessarily and i haven't done a ton of pagan scholarship so i'll just i'll say ask kid ask your kid uh, ask my kid yeah no yeah totally yeah my my kids my kid is wants to be a pagan and i'm not upset about that at all i mean but, i think if you want to be you are i think that counts I, yeah i i should say she is a pagan you know like if you say you want to be a pagan three times uh, uh <laughs> that counts yeah, that counts uh, the pagan goddess of your choice appears and you're a pagan. I'm into this. So yeah, so it pulls from this, like the name, it cribs the name, like not even trying to be Christian, but that was celebrated on the spring equinox, uh, which we just had just this last week or so, four or yes. five days ago was the spring equinox. But then it's like, well, we're also going to steal from Passover because Jesus <laughs> was crucified around the time of Passover. And that's where the whole lunar calendar thing comes from because Passover is based on the lunar calendar. So it's like this holiday is trying to have play both sides here and it I don't feel like it does any of them very well. I I agree. I mean it's 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 bizarre because yeah it's like you don't at least okay so at least in the churches that I kind of grew up in like so initially we went to like these smaller kind of house church situations but when I was in junior high we started going to a pretty big assemblies mm-hmm. of God church. And so stuff was very like organized and, and like they, you know, people like plan their sermons in advance and like they had all this stuff on the calendar. 
but yeah, so it was, it was just, Easter is very chaotic in terms of as, as, as a Christian, as Christian holidays go, Easter is very chaotic because it just kind of like springs up out of nowhere. Cause evangelical, like evangelicals don't really do Ash Wednesday. I mean, yeah. kind of, but it's they kind of like, do. It's, it's, it's very half-hearted. I would, in my experience. Yeah. And it's like, here's a thing that that's happening and cool. Okay. So then, yeah. So then you're just kind of like fucking around for several weeks and then they're like, oh my God, it's this Friday is good Friday. That's always how it is. Like, oh God, it's good Friday. I forgot. (laughs) Which the name is very deceiving. I'm not, I'm not here for that. Like it's not it, there. It's not good. You're talking about somebody being tortured to death. Like you're a bad person. If you think that this is a good day, you just are like, yeah, I've like why it's called good Friday. I just can't even evangelicals can't deal with grief. I think that that's what they can't mourn. I think, that's yeah, what you know, you're probably right. I, I think, I think, yeah, it is one of those things that's like, yeah, why is this holiday this way? This doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Why is it called Good Friday? And, and even like we would, we would talk about sometimes like calling it like, yeah, Black I think, Friday. yeah, I, I was like, I was going to say, I, I, I think I'm sure there is a sermon series out there called the real Black Friday or something. Oh my God. Where, Ugh. you know, I hate it. Where it talks it about, Yeah. <laughs> The real Black Friday is when Jesus died. You if know. anybody tags me, tag me into like a pastor's tweets about real Black Friday because I would like I'm I need him to drop a pin because I need to punch him in the jaw. Not okay with this. Good Friday isn't it's it's good because God tortured his son to death. Like this, that's not good. Like stop changing the meanings of words. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Even if it was for, even if it was for a good cause, it's not good. Like stop, just stop. Yeah. Like I I don't, I don't get this whole, and and that's the thing too. Like, okay. Backing up a second, like springtime festivals, like celebrating the rebirth of the world. Wonderful. Even like the resurrection piece of Jesus, you know, rebirth, triumphing over death. That's lovely. Raising a bird to the empire because you can't keep me dead. You know, like (laughs) beautiful. I'm into Uh, that. Yeah, I'm into that. But like, I feel like we always double down on the gruesome death part and God killing his baby boy. And once you've done dads are want to do. Yeah, as good dads do. By the time we got to Sunday, it was like, this is depressing. Yay. (laughs) That's true. It's like the emotional whiplash of that weekend is really intense, like really intense. And I think that it kind of, I think honestly, it kind of functions to get people like emotionally, not like, I don't, I don't necessarily even think people are being manipulative when they're doing this, but it's like, it sets you up emotionally in a way of like, Mm -hmm. this is really dark. And then we're going to like hard left turn. Everything is better. Jesus rose from the dead. And yeah. we're gonna celebrate that. We just we just think it's really gross. I I think it's interesting that like people, even in church, like people celebrate Easter like in their own like little family units. Like to me, I find that a little bit weird because it's like, aren't you supposed if you're celebrating like you're the 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 culmination of like all of the work of the person that you claim to worship? Why is it like okay, everybody go home? 
that's strange. Well, and we celebrate by having the Easter bunny come to our house. That's that's what I remember about Easter Sunday morning is I would yeah. get up and yeah. the Easter bunny has brought something, but I can't really enjoy it because now I have to go to church. You have to go to church. And so you then, can't eat candy. No, you can't have yeah. So you like maybe have like a piece of candy or or like if it was a year where mom and dad felt particularly guilty, or I mean they felt generous. <laughs> Like you got like a toy, a couple of toys or something. Like it was like yeah. a mini Christmas or something. Like that only happened to me like once or twice. It was like a tease because like the next Easter, I'm like, oh right, this is gonna toys. be diet Christmas. Like no, it's just yeah, a bag. Diet you know, it's just like a basket, which is fine. I'm happy for baskets of candy as a kid. Kids but... are always happy for baskets of candy. Doesn't yeah. matter what the circumstances yeah. are. Yeah. So it's like this, like these fun pagan rituals that somehow managed to survive get interrupted by this like glomming jesus on them god there's like this bloody corpse we have to incorporate yes. into all the springtime shit like how yes. are we supposed to even do this yeah <laughs> no i mean i think that i think that that's true like the like finding finding the all the hidden eggs i mean beginning of beginning of the pandemic decided to get chickens because you know what the fuck else are you gonna do you can't leave the house and you would have to go hunting for their eggs because they didn't like they they don't automatically know where to put the eggs. So they would just like hide them in places around the yard. <laughs> so I was like, I it's it's Easter every day at my house as, right now. As birds are wont to do. <laughs> like, why did I find like eight eggs buried under like this pile of mud and like bird shit? <laughs> They're little scam artists. Anyway. Hunting for eggs, kind of cool because, you know, birds start laying eggs again, which is food. And when you've been living off of like rocks and seeds for months, birds laying eggs, like this is is great. Like, this is so good. Yeah. And like, there's all these like little baby bunnies. So now you have meat again. I don't know. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. just, I'm making all this shit up. But like, to me, these things make sense. If you are in a situation, like if you're in Western Europe and trying to survive the winter. This seems totally valid. I would totally like go nuts, fucking celebrate because you made it through a winter. You didn't starve. Like this is, that's really great. And people would have like, from what I understand, like naked revelries because like it's warm enough. So revel naked and have lots of sex because let those babies. Because you haven't seen it because it's basically a pandemic. You haven't seen anybody. (laughs) I ain't seen anybody in months. Not this. We haven't had this many people all close together in ages. Feels like yeah. so. Yeah, let's yeah. just all fuck each other. Like that's why would you not? Why um, would you not? And just like all kinds of eggs being laid. Yeah. So like the symbolism is all there, and then really? and that then tracks the, to me. And then the Christians come in, and they're like, "Okay, well, what holiday can we put on top of this to tamp this down? Let's put the bloody corpse of Christ in here." <laughs> Well, I mean, first of all, it's like, yeah, that'll kill the mood. Absolutely. Like nobody's, nobody's going to be like, nobody's gonna be fucking because it's like, oh yeah, Jesus, Jesus died. Like, like, wait, yeah. It's like way to, way to kill the mood, buddy. But I'm sure that was the point. (laughs) (laughs) Like spring makes so much sense to me. Like, like celebrating that. I, I just, like, I think that that's really cool. And like having oh surprise here's a zombie 
please worship him. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is nobody signed up for. Nobody asked for this. Like, we were doing great with the bunnies and the eggs. Like, come we, on. <laughs> we did not want to. This is not part of our celebration here. In at least modern pagan mindset, because a lot of modern paganism has kind of been it's a hodgepodge of a lot of different yeah. traditions, like the wheel of the year and stuff. But like, you do the death stuff in fall. And right, in winter, everything is dying when the death is happening. And then you do the like rebirth and spring stuff when rebirth and spring is happening, which I mean, makes sense. But oh, no, 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 no. Christians, we have to celebrate the birth stuff during the death stuff. Yeah. In the dark. In the dark. <laughs> like the worst time of the year. Not For even everyone. when Jesus was born. We're going to celebrate life. Jesus is here. And then when everybody's ready to like get outside, have a good time, we'll do cool stuff. Yep. Do cool, you know, rebirth of the world. No, we're, we'll do rebirth, but oh, no, 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 no. You're going to have to really meditate on this death first. <laughs> You're going to have to fast for 40 days more for our hand. Let's be miserable. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Then you're allowed to celebrate rebirth. <laughs> like, like. It's gross. I don't know. I mean, and, and it's just, it's just like, it's this weird, what, what term am I thinking of when I, like, I almost, I almost want to say it's like a, like torture fetish thing with like Jesus and crucifixion and like the fact that they really obsess over this, which I mean, Christians, I don't know. In retrospect, I used to be one and in retrospect, I'm just like, you guys aren't, you don't do anything fun. Like you don't really have any life experiences and the ones that you do have, like you attribute to, to God, right? Like I, you know, stuff is, I'm in Portland, stuff is blooming. And like, I know that I'm getting old because now when something is blooming, I stop and I like look at the flowers and like smell them. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder what this is. And like, these color patterns are so incredible. Yeah, I'm basically your grandma. But yeah, like we, uh, we went hiking this, this week and lately the thing that I've been really into with hiking is like the geology and like the rock formations. Mm -hmm. I love trees. So that's just been like my thing forever. But lately I've just been like, Oh, like this is why, like, like nobody made this, like this shit just happened. Mm -hmm. That's bananas to me, but yeah, like enjoy like enjoying the spring and everything kind of blooming and like coming back out. And then also being in this space of like, I don't have to, I don't, it's like, oh yeah, this is cool. Cause God did it. It's like, oh, this, this is fucking cool because nobody did this. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> like there's clearly situations here where like mountains were falling over on their sides. Like yeah. that, that is what occurred in this space. And then it is like, did pe like when did that happen? Did people live here then? Did they like hear this? Because that would have sounded like a fucking bomb going off. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. the the foothills of Colorado, like near Denver, mm. parts of it looks like waves of, yeah. but it's but it's mountains. Yes. Like, but it's it's the very it's a very similar thing, honestly, because like the tectonic plate, it's like pushing up. It's just it's exactly like you know, like when water gets pushed up and becomes a wave. Like rocks were doing the same thing. So it's like, this is like an ocean wave of rock. This fucking amazing. And you go to the right spot and there's dinosaur footprints. Like, yeah, like so amazing. It's like, oh, God did it. Like, Didn't no have a reason. No, God did this 2000 years ago. 
I mean, 4,000 years ago or whatever. Like, stop. Yeah, I, I feel like there's, there is so much awe. Yeah. And again, it could be because I'm old, but it's like there is so much awe built into the world. I shouldn't yeah. say built. Like, there's like, there's like, so much beauty that we get to yeah, experience that we get to experience, especially in spring. Yeah. And it to like say, oh, that's nice. This dead dude hanging on a cross is what you should focus on instead. It just like, I don't know, the the older I get, the more lame that is, honestly. Especially because like I'm older than Jesus. Like I don't have magic powers my whole life. And I mean, and that's I, and weird there's, to think about. Like it is weird to think about. Like, yeah, both of us are older than Jesus. Like I have more yeah. life experience than Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. Um, he's just he just he's you know he's an old soul. He just doesn't he doesn't act his age as a child. <laughs> like all the adults are like you know he's just he's he's just so mature, just always like so solid. And Jesus yeah. is like, yeah, I'm fucking traumatized because I had to raise four younger siblings when I was five. When I was five, and also I might be a like gestalt personality of the divine and me like what the fuck is happening it's like this is this is this is like evangelicals and not telling their children about sex or puberty and it's just like surprise i'm going to terrorize you like your body is going to now terrorize you like enjoy that and it's like but jesus had that plus like surprise like god is actually animating your body sometimes and like in control of like what you can and can't do i don't know yeah. you're an amalgamation of a human and divine being no one else has experienced that and jesus needed a therapist which which is i mean honestly beautiful and amazing that this like being arose out of creation out of this you know woman mary's body and is walking the earth and then God kills him at 33. Okay, I think that we've established, I don't know what episode this is, like 40, 44 or something, 45. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. That God is a psychopath. Yeah. The whole like God is a bit of a freak is an understatement. <sighs> like you were not a you were not a normal person. Like you you're trying to work through some very serious shit and like God needs a therapist. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a therapist but perhaps that will be my role. <laughs> what, you're going to be I God's die. therapist? Like, I'll just say God. Like, Listen, seriously. buddy. Like, yeah, all, all of us all of us millennials that rejected God will be like, you know, if this is actually real and we die, we'll be like, listen, there's a reason we didn't worship you and we needed to talk about it. This is an intervention. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you're like, go sit down. Go sit down. You're not in charge right now. Like, just <laughs> We'll have a banner. This is intervention. <laughs> <laughs> this is intervention god um, oh my gosh and we'll have time to do that because we'll just be watching like every single moment of every single person's life from the beginning of time until yeah. now so god's not going to be doing anything for at least many many trillions of trillions of years yeah I've, after i've watched abraham have sex for the 30th time i'll be like, like i'm right. over this shit like I who cares like I, I don't care what abraham this is not did. this is, i'm like you're 90 like this is not interesting to me no no. watching you unsuccessfully conceive a child is just not i'm not into that um right i'm like practice is fun for the people doing it it's not after after you know the first 
second, third try is like, it's not interesting to anybody else. And we would have to think about that on Easter too. Like, (laughs) like, cause there's always a salvation message and always, you know, God's going to judge you if you don't accept this gift, this lovely gift, you know, ignore the corpse of Christ, the, the, the corpse of Christ. And yeah, I obviously both of us have strong feelings about this. Well, we're um, more traumatized by it from the time we were literally infants. So that's, you know. that's true. We were literally, I was, I, I, I honestly was terrorized by it. Yeah. Because it's awful. It's terrible. Like, I, I mean, I, I have to be honest, like even as a little kid, I was, I was like, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to like pressure my kids into like, you have to get saved or whatever. I'm like, if God is real, like, I feel like God can handle his own shit and like, he can talk to my kid and that'll be, I'm fine with that. But once I actually had kids, like, you know, I've talked about this before, but like one of the first things that I got when I got pregnant with my oldest, who's almost 10. So speaking of feeling really fucking old was a children's Bible. And it was like reading it to him, I would like, it was a children's Bible and I would still skip parts because I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is disgusting and gross and emotionally manipulative and way too graphic for a toddler. What is happening right now? I definitely, I, it was probably the same Bible because there was like, I forget what the Bible was called. It was like this very popular children's little reformed children's Bible. So it was especially fucked. Oh, that is especially fucked. Uh-huh. No, that's not the one I was talking about. Like, mine was like the Jesus storybook Bible, where it's like every story points to Jesus, you know. But it had beautiful illustrations, and mm-hmm. and and you know, like. But it was also like every now and then it was like, mm, that's some patriarchy. Not gonna read to that my, shit not, to my kid. No, gonna edit that. She can't read. I can. Right. And protect her from that nonsense. And that's so yeah. funny. Yeah, it's so funny that we both did that because we were both like, no. This is not good. This is and bad. and she was very interested you know, for a time. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I want to, you know, I, I, I don't want to like not, but it was also like, mm, yeah, no. Or she'd want to read like, read, you know, this story from the New Testament. I was like, yeah, this is where Jesus dies. Like, I'll read. And I'm like trying to skip pages without yes. my kids seeing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I did just, that. You know, like well, what happened to that man? Like, well, he was crucified, honey. Like, like oh he died but then he came back and that's, that's all you say and you yeah. just keep it moving yeah but but then the natural question for any human being ever is like well if jesus came back why can't i come back why can't grandma come back maybe grandma can come back like it's like this it's like stunts your grief yeah in so many key ways your ability to grieve like the natural and processes and move past of because because mm-hmm. in the back of your mind anyone could come back to life at any time with enough prayer and faith and i like went to one of those churches too where like they're like oh no if you if somebody dies and you pray for them like they will come back to life fuck that doesn't happen like no it doesn't and, it does and, not and the, what what kills me is like every sorry i'm gonna get i'm gonna be the one who gets mad take a drink like every goddamn <laughs> evangelical knows someone who knows someone who knows someone whose grandma came back to life when they prayed for her. It's no one is no, there. I, there is no direct experience of this, but everyone knows someone that knows someone that it happened to. And, and we just eat that shit up and it, it 
it is that's traumatic too like even that that good news yeah. quote unquote is also traumatic because yeah. you get to your 30s and you realize i've known enough people that have died that should have come back that should not have died and god's They're not doing people. shit like but somebody's somebody's brother sister's mother's grandma got raised from the dead so i guess we have hope like ugh so fucked up like everything about it is just like i mean i will say that in terms of in terms of like american christianity like blake talked about this a little bit when he was when he was on the show but like the having the like emotional manipulation piece really like locked down like they have that shit tight yeah it's tight like they they know what they're doing Mm mm-hmm and then everybody and then we're then we, you and i have to answer questions about like well why did why do they have a fucking fog machine in the middle yes. of sunday yes. service yes. it's like i don't i don't know like we're, we're on we're this? on that atheist show and we're like they're like why are they like this like well it started Mama. with it started with dwight l moody <laughs> like, and they've all just it's all just been like this succession of trauma over and over and over again yeah because you one thing i will say very positively is that my children at least will have a much healthier relationship with death than i ever did at their age because when they talk about me dying i mean they talk about me dying sometimes like you know they don't want me to die they're always they're always like you're gonna die yeah like hey dad i was just thinking the other day you're gonna die which fuck yourself yeah kid (laughs) so are you but but it's also like that that's a healthy thing for them to think about yeah to think about the fact that i will not always be there and to to understand that you know they're going to experience life without you at some point yeah at some point and then and you know we always say i hope it's a long time from now you know but they have grasped that you know whereas when i was a kid i thought jesus was going to come back before i died so like so you just don't that's what everybody said that's what everybody told me yeah i, I knew a lady i think i think she didn't pay her taxes because she thought jesus was gonna come back All i right. haven't checked up on her but she could be in jail now <laughs> this was in the 90s she was saying this you know jesus is gonna come back any minute any, any moment minute i mean um, i remember was it like 2011 when the dude was like oh jesus is gonna come back on this date in like april or may and there were like bill like i was living in seattle there were like billboards up everywhere of like this is the date that christ is returning and people were like paying massive amounts of money to have someone come and like care for their pet after they left so somebody like created this service of like once you're raptured we will come and we will get your pet and we will care for your pet until we can like rehome it I'm not, this is not, I'm not joking. Like this is, you can Google this. This literally happened. I mean, there are like some entrepreneurial atheists out there that saw a moment. I am here for this grift. Yeah. This, 100%. I, I don't approve of grifts, but I do approve of this one. <laughs> <laughs> like this, because they've already been grifted. You're True. just jumping in. True. Yeah. At that point, it's like, nobody's, nobody's forcing you to do this pet thing. Yeah. you've already you've already made your decision it's yeah. whatever you've you've um, basically signaled i am ready to be grifted <laughs> I'm, I'm probably exaggerating this i want to i 
I want to say that there was like a, like a thousand dollar, like $2,000, like non-refundable deposit that you had to put down in order to like have these people like come and take your pet. And so they were just like, you just put up a website and people just send you money. And that's literally all there is. And then they're like, oh fuck, I needed to like pay my mortgage with that. But also like, it kind of speaks to the compassion of atheists that like. (laughs) Your pet would starve. Should the rapture come. I would like to take care of your pet. Look, I know I'm not going. I know I'm not on that ship. No, I'm not on that I'm list. But I will, I would really like for your cat to not starve. So I will come and get your cat. I care for your cat. Works for all of us. And, you know, depending on if the age of accountability thing is the thing, I could also take care of your children. Like, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that I didn't choke on a mouthful of tequila. No, that is inappropriate. Jesus be Christ. Terrible. Well, but like, like when I think like, about the, you're too young to, yeah, too you, young to go to heaven. Yes, yes. Like, these are the things I would think about. I mean, that's that. I never that thought never occurred to me. That's valid. Yeah, like, okay, am I old enough to be saved? And will my parents be taken? And I'm not. <laughs> oh my god. Like, yeah. This is like everything. Everything about this religion is traumatizing. I just feel like. Easter is kind of the cherry on top of the trauma cake in so many ways. It encapsulates a lot of that trauma cake. But speaking of entrepreneurial atheists, we should take a break for our capitalism and maybe the the one true God. Yes, the one true true God. You know, the funny thing is that like all the godless communist atheists are like, oh no, oh no, that is not the godless economic system. Like you got no, no, uh-uh. oh no, honey. Like, anyway, um, so we're gonna take a break for capitalism and then we'll get back and, and share some Easter thoughts. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Okay, uh, and we're back. Thanks for taking a capitalism break with us. I hope you were served with Easter goodness of a Tesla and a Big Mac and an anchor podcast. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So I guess what are some, okay, so we've talked about like the stuff that makes, Easter makes no sense in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. why we celebrate it, when we celebrate it, and these pagan holidays that I think might be better we love pagan holidays on this show we love a good pagan holiday what are the what are some good things about easter or what are some maybe some maybe some threads about easter that we can go like hmm, i might still keep that and then maybe Mm -hmm. we can talk about just some fun pagan stuff we can do totally so one of my dear friends actually lives in salt lake city and he and his husband they're like they're both atheists they're raised mormon they're like not into any of that shit anymore i like I don't think they really speak to most of their family. Anyway, his husband is 
a DJ among, I mean, he's very, very talented. So he has a ton of skills, but so what they do on like Easter, Easter night is they will like have a costume party and like DJ a fucking costume party in this warehouse. And this is like their annual, like Easter thing. Nice. And I'm like, I need, I need something like that in Portland. I need something that's like, that makes this fun. Like I have something to look forward to. Right. Mm-hmm. Not like, not like hot ham water and a bunch of white people like (laughs) and a potluck and oh god no no absolutely not we do not Ah. eat white people food like y'all and your cat can bake on your own time i am not interested in consuming (laughs) that but yeah i was like i like i love that because it's like easter for me has always been really fucking miserable like even Mm. even when i was in even as a kid it was like candy school whatever but it was like this is so boring and so all of that to say i'm trying to find a way to make easter something that i look forward to as opposed to something that i'm dreading not 100 percent sure what that will be yet we'll see mm-hmm. oh you know what i could do everybody will be busy with their families so i could get like some jesus posters like from the christian bookstore and i could go to the shooting range and i could shoot up jesus <laughs> Oh, you would get some looks. That's It'd be so great. cathartic. No, because all the all the chads and the MAGA people, they'd all be at church. That's true. Yeah. Go to like Easter Sunday Easter, morning. Easter's go to like the, the range. one day that they go. Yeah, to yeah. church. It'd be no mock. Like it'd be all atheists there on Easter Sunday morning. It'd be delightful. Um, we would enjoy our time. That, that we, yeah, that, that actually sounds like a wonderful time. I'm a bad person. <laughs> you know, there are there, are, you know, very few things that I'm going to put a moral value on like that. And I'll just say, if that's therapeutic for you, it's probably good. Um, Fuck yourself, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, but I, I find there are some symbols in Easter that I do find good. Mm -hmm. I just wish we wouldn't celebrate them in springtime. You know, Jesus standing up to empire. That's, that's perennial. We love a good activist and saying fuck you to the Roman empire. Yeah. And and religious people as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the crucifixion really was a twofer. Like, like you get to fuck a corrupt government and a religious establishment in one go. That's, this that's, is like this is like aspirational now. Yeah, yeah. Like this, yeah. You did a good thing, Jesus. Good job for Way that. To stick it to the man. Stuck it to the man so much. Unfortunately, <laughs> the man decided, like, well, that's that's pretty good. Like. I admire that. Let's take that on. You know, like I'm, I'm down with that. And, and so, Mm -hmm. and, and bringing that energy into my life. I'm good with that. I guess I should clarify the Jesus that I would be shooting at is, is white Republican Jesus. Yeah. Like find the white Republican, like posters of Jesus Uh where he's like riding Uh a a rocket, like with a eagle oh on his back or something yeah and waving breaking an our cro- breaking across with like an ar-15 yeah fuck that guy i'll shoot him every day of the week you know what like, i'm gonna do is i'm gonna like go to a couple of churches like on sunday like i'm just gonna like go into their their little like youth room and just like take a couple posters down. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not paying for that shit no oh, way no. this is reparations uh-huh. like- <laughs> I'm taking uh, everything that is not nailed down. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm sure it'd be easy to find that stuff. 
Yeah. So I mean, there there are some good things about it, but sure. but the things I find are that are, the most meaningful things to me are things my kids enjoy, which is like hunting for Easter eggs. I mean, they don't yeah. care about they don't care about that. Shit's fun. I don't, and I don't want to put a speed bump in front of them. Like, yeah, like this dead dude on a cross. A lot of times feels like a speed bump to our spring festivities. Like, mm-hmm. here you go. You gotta you gotta pay homage to the dead guy on the cross before you can have fun. And I'm not I'm not into that. Like during the pandemic, my kids like we'd hide eggs around the yard and they'd go find them, and they would do it like three or four times. Honestly, to the point where I was uh, like annoyed over it. Like, like I was like, I'm, yeah. uh, you know, like I hid these. So like, yeah, we would hide them and then they would k- find them all. And then like, we want to hide them and you find them. So they're like, they would all hide them and I'd find them. Oh no. And then, and then they're like, okay, so daddy and, you know, five-year-old are going to hide them. And then mommy and nine-year-old are going to look for them. Like, all right, well, you know, it's like, like every possible combination of our family was going to hide and find. <laughs> like i mean kids are very creative yeah there is that so there should be there should be more kid ceos that's what i'm trying to say right now truthfully truthfully and and, and that's to me that that's good and uh, just making french toast and having mm. having some good yeah. times and you know we had neighbor kids you know neighbor kids were like what are you doing like you know i think i feel like half our street is godless so <laughs> oh that's lovely <laughs> at least the children all the old people are, you know, very into Donald Trump, but all the kids aren't going, they don't go to church. Yeah. So like, what are you, what are you guys doing over there? And so like, it just becomes this whole cool, like little neighborhood thing kind of grosses me out. None of them are wearing masks, but you know, I mean, if it's outside, it's, it's such as the, such as the world we live in sometimes. So yeah, that's, that's what I plan on doing to try to yeah. redeem it. I'll, you know, channel, yeah. channel my flipping the bird to religious establishment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should go protest a church, you know, <laughs> protest a mega church for Easter. I honestly think that going into a mega church, like during offering and just like knocking all the plates of money over, I feel like Jesus would be with you in that. I feel like, like in spirit, yeah, in spirit, yeah. Jesus would be with me, although they mostly do it through like ATM now or debit card do they really oh my god i do know of mega churches that have like i don't know if they ever i don't know if they pass the plate anymore but i do know of mega churches like an automatic withdrawal like they have kiosks and stuff oh my god or online giving so i mean how else are you going to take the people's money and tell them that they need bootstraps come to the sermon about bootstraps and give us 10 percent of your income honestly i feel like i feel like somebody would tie that directly into easter somehow jesus pulled himself up by his bootstraps all the way to the cross no i mean like all the way out of the tomb yeah all, all the way out of the tomb although the uh is it simeon simeon the guy that uh-huh i think carried so. jesus cross pretty sure he was a black man right because i think yeah. he was in it from africa i find that interesting that jesus you know obviously jesus was a brown man but right everyone's imagining white jesus and so mm-hmm. I like to throw that in there. So like he couldn't even make it without a black man. I feel like that's poetic in some ways. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. That's a great point. I never thought about it quite like that, but I'm tracking. Although I have to say, if I were, if I were Simeon, I would just like 
I would have thrown the cross on top of a couple of guards. Be like, okay, come with me. (laughs) You, how about you just carry this? Like, okay, listen, y'all, you're traumatized also. So here's what we're going to do is you're going to just, y'all are going to drag this cross up to wherever. I'm going to take this guy to the doctor real quick. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can come back and discuss next steps. This is how I see myself interacting with the Roman Empire. Like we're going to get him some medical. No, you do the work. Like I will, I will, I will go find the doctor. Mm -hmm. Well, what is so gross about the Roman Empire is that like Jesus was not special. Mm. like mm-hmm. thousands of people Truly. probably daily honestly across the entire roman empire were beaten yeah. and crucified i mean there were yeah. at least three people that we know about that were crucified the day jesus was crucified like in that one territory there were that, three just, people yeah three people and we only know them because they're on the right or left of jesus like he could have been in the line of 30 fuck all knows yeah we don't know we don't like, know. The Romans crucified. The Romans were really good at like terrorism. Terrorism. Yes. Like torturing for spectacle. Like that's, you know, and, and a, a good crucifixion was entertainment. Ooh. Yeah. Which is awful. So other than the fact that legend has it, he rose from the dead. Some Jesus, people are saying. People, people say. I have heard it said. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, it's just, it's not. And so like, even like the images we put on Jesus of like, you know, like the images of the like little cross or the three crosses that kind of on their own. Like, I feel like a better symbol of the Roman empire is like streets lined with crosses. Oh, you know, like, yeah, a bit, a bit. That's like, you know, when you're going into a city, like this is what happens when you betray the rulers of this city that's what they would do which is gross but But it's like that to me that's in this context and like the u.s in 2022 it's like oh okay like we just the thing is is like nobody gets to see it right it's not a spectacle that you get to see it's Mm -hmm. all very like underground right Mm -hmm. because like i i haven't looked this up specifically but people people in like incarcerated people in this country die every day of neglect right Mm -hmm. we haven't strung them up in the street so it's kind of like we don't hear about them right these are the people that don't matter ostensibly Mm -hmm. in this country right and in within the construct of capitalism during the pandemic you know prisons were hotbeds logically this is the case yeah um, and you know, many people were advocating for essentially for prisons to shut down mm-hmm. and, you know, pu- and putting ankle bracelets on people, essentially putting totally. them on house of rest, like makes sense. You know, they quarantine every with people, other country you know. in the world does. Yeah. And like how many people in this country said no, Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. of this, like, I'm going to say this and like me in the past is going to cringe, but I'm going to say this fucking Easter story, like where torture and capital punishment is somehow redemptive mm. where if we you know like i i have heard christian people say that they oppose the abolition of the death penalty because jesus was killed if it was good enough for jesus is good enough for me i i don't 
I don't understand that. To me, it's like, well, you should probably oppose that. <laughs> but no, like this myth of redemptive violence, that if we do this yeah. violence against these people, if we incarcerate them, if we make their lives miserable, if we make people's lives miserable enough, make them yeah. fucked up enough, you know, torture them, murder them, you know, let them die in prison, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, the violence will re- be redemptive because people will be afraid of Jesus it or whatever. Christ. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, and yeah, you pump that into people for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. And, you know, this, this ritual we do every spring, which doesn't celebrate the rebirth. Like no. imagine if we actually celebrated rebirth that like things have died and now they get to be reclaimed again. Mm-hmm. That was our central narrative, how different our prison system would be, how different mm-hmm. our, you know, judicial system would be how different, you know, and that. Yeah. This idea of, of, of there's a set time, right. It's like, you're not throwing, you're not throwing people away forever. Right. Because there is a set amount of time where nothing grows right. Where mm-hmm. everything is stagnant and you're, yeah. you are, you're just trying to survive, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think, I think that that is, I think that's pretty accurate, frankly. And it's very, you know, I, I, you know, I, God, I, I never really put those things together so much, even though I've, I've absolutely heard people say the exact same thing that you, that you just talked about. It's like, Jesus was sentenced to death. Like, so and okay you know it's one of those things where it's like if you're not if you are not part of the demographic where that is that where that's like the likelihood of that is not insignificant right then it's easy to you know like all the people who were standing around the cross ostensibly i pay my taxes i like go to synagogue i know my shit should have complied and yeah, the way that that like the way that they like take this story and and make it make it so that it is in service of empire is infuriating, honestly, mm-hmm. because it's because their narrative of of this particular book is what drives like every policy decision in this country. It's like I'm not here for any of that. Very here for like redemption and springtime and being like. You don't have to start new projects in the dead of winter. You can start new stuff in spring because like there's light now. You're not like going to bed at 6.45 p.m. For yeah. those of us in, in the North. And you can get that with, I think we were always sold this idea that because of Jesus, now we have redemption. When it's like cultures all over the world have the idea of rebirth and redemption and they do it better, honestly. <laughs> Oh yeah. I, that, you know, that's, I love that. I love that you're bringing that up just because, you know, we're in the U S and like indigenous North American peoples mm-hmm. like, all had these really beautiful traditions around spring and like the year, like starting over again. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird to live in a space where it, everything is, it's the upside down, right? Everything that is good is bad and bad is good. And we get to just say like, well, this is, you know, religion, you can't judge me. You can't critique me because it's my faith. That, that's, that's not how that works actually. And, and for people, obviously, you know, this, this story still, I think has legs depending on what threads you want to really pull at and what you want to emphasize. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but but yeah. it's also like this, 
the story and, and I, like what you said about it being infuriating that the story is used to prop up empire mm-hmm. when it is like, to me as someone who's studied the bible for many years it is very obviously an anti-empire story yeah like yeah you know like jesus is executed by empire unfairly that means it's bad that means like, it's bad yeah like like it is the text is very clear that jesus is executed unfairly by empire and by religious elites working hand in hand this is a pretty basic bible 101 and yet right. religious elites and empire somehow it's truly amazing honestly constantine is brilliant in the worst possible ways in, in the sense of like realizing the power of this narrative and then uh-huh. subverting it to prop up uh-huh. his own empire. Uh-huh. And I don't think Constantine ever intended it for it to prop up empires for the next 1500 years, but good job, Constantine. What you going to do? Yeah. Uh, obviously it's, you know, if it, if it, if the trick works, you keep pulling it. If it's good enough for Constantine, it's good enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I like, yeah, this, this, this critique is something that I'm definitely going to spend a lot more time thinking about, honestly, because mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is the thing I think that in the last almost, almost not quite a year that we've been doing this show is like definitely the kind of anti empire, like subversive, redemptive pieces of the Bible or what we have found, like found to appreciate still, mm-hmm. despite not really believing it as like a as like a literal true thing that happened right it's not a history book to us anymore so yeah I really I feel like I need to kind of kick that around for a while because I I mean I do think that that's kind of like the 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 basis of liberation theology and I think that I like the again I like the reason I just say this all the time the reason I find the bible fascinating is because you can use it either way right? Like Mm -hmm. you can use it in defense of empire. You can use it in opposition to empire. And I, you know, I'm, I'm still like, it still kind of tickles me that Jesus is like two-edged sword. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is, this is literally a two-edged sword, bitches. This will cut both ways, which is why part of why I hang on to it is because we're having conversations with people who believe this stuff. I'm like, well, you're, here's what your book says. Right. And here's like the actual context. Right. So we're not doing like every little verses in its own vacuum sealed package. <laughs> I mean, that that's why that's why I still engage with it, even though I don't I don't believe it anymore. And I'm not I'm not a spiritual person. It clearly still as a narrative, it's clearly still has a lot of power. And I think that I think taking that seriously is not a bad thing, even and, if my and, goals are different. Yeah. And 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 that to me, that is the that is the essence of doing good theology is allowing a story to be reinterpreted in its con, you know, using a theological story to, to speak to the times that you're in and to draw out those themes. And like, to me, that is, that is just good. That's good theology. That's literally what Jesus did. Exactly. That is literally what Jesus did. Yes. Was like, he took scripture that that existed and he framed it in like a whole new way? He's like, this is how this applies to right now, where we're sitting and having this discussion. Yeah, like I mean, half of Jesus' teachings are, "You have heard it said, but I say to you, like yeah. you have heard it yeah. said this way, I say the opposite." <laughs> yeah, like and so Jesus, as far as like you know, for those of you that are trained in exegesis was terrible 
he was reading his own interpretation into the Old Testament all day long. And so was Paul. And so was Peter. And, you know, and and that the Christian ideal is like, well, it doesn't happen anymore. It's over now. You know, we don't get to reinterpret it anymore. We don't get to, you know, even though they, wow. they are, they clearly are. So like, yeah, and if you if you do still cling to the story, if you do still go to church, you know, we have we have people that still go to church that mm-hmm. are listening to this podcast. If they've made it this far to this particular one, good for you. But I, I'm like, we we have to be able to pull on these different threads. Yeah. Like if it because this story is still around. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. our podcast isn't gonna topple imperial Christianity on its own. So the, this is still around. So I think we have to find ways to use it and to pull out what I think is good for humans and using it in ways that like bring redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think that that is, I think that's what Jesus did when he was using the Hebrew Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like, Hey, here's this framing that we've been using culturally for, you know, thousands of years. And now we're doing it different here's a different way to look at it. Here's a different way to view it. And, and it was always, it was always like in the direction of harm reduction. Like what mm-hmm. I find really interesting about, about that, that like sometimes like when Jesus would have interactions with individuals, it wasn't necessarily like the most respectful engagement, but the way that he reframed like the Hebrew scripture was always in a way that like benefited people. Right. Mm-hmm. It, like it was like for the good of, the community. And I, I, I mean, I think that matters. Like his reinterpretation of, you know, and, and this, this applies to Easter, you know, his interpretation of like the Sabbath was made for people, mm. not people for the Sabbath, you know, to me, that is a brilliant piece of theology that evangelicals don't look at. And, you know, your religion should, your, your spirituality, your life ethic, your yeah. your whatever you, you know your moral framework whatever you want mm-hmm. whatever language you want to put on it it should be for people mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to shove people into it and th- that to me is what makes sense and and I think that's again what, what both of us who you know we may as well we're I don't know that I can be a pagan in the sense that I worship multiple gods or goddesses but I can be a pagan in the sense that I the I respect the rhythm of nature and the rhythm of my body and i i really am into that and and i think that in some ways kind of like you know the christian idea of just like christianizing a a a holiday that's already happening um that's working for people just fine and then saying no this is about this other thing and you're not allowed to do your other thing on this like yeah that's that's making that's forcing people to be for the holiday not the holiday for people and so you know how can you make the springtime holidays whether it's easter or star or the equinox or whatever how do we can make how can we make this for the people again yeah where it's yeah where it's something that 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 brings life not something that is used to like emotionally manipulate people into coming back next week because i think that those are i think those are pretty different aims frankly Mm -hmm. and that's that was an aim in a lot of evangelical churches like you know, okay, so we're, we got all these people they are going to come in. We haven't seen them in a long time. I haven't seen them since Christmas. I used to call them the poinsettias and Lily's crowd. Oh, you know, they just kind of come in. You. Um, and 
it's just like, okay, look, we got to get them back next week. How can we get them back next week? Cause if you can get people to come two weeks in a row, they'll probably start coming more often, you know, mm. like statistically yeah. likely. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, now you're just, you're just gaming people yeah, and not very well, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just not about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like holidays should be for the people. I got nothing. I can't, I can't follow that. Yeah. I think, I think I'm, I'm fine ending on that. Like the, I, 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 so may, may your Easter springtime equinox festival, whatever, uh, be, be for you and yeah. for your people. That is probably the best what blessing you I need can it give. to be what you need it to be. Yeah. Anything else story? I think we, I think we, I think we covered it. I think that we, yep. I think we can just like lay on this plane. In yeah. A good spot. If you enjoy this podcast, you can help us out by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If they have a rating, we you can probably give it to us and that would be great. Uh, we are only accepting five-star reviews at this time. Uh, if you'd like to follow some more of our shenanigans, you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at Go Home Bible. I'm also on Twitter uh, at Justin D. Gentry. Tori is at Tori Glass. If you are able to this springtime, if the springtime has given you extra abundance and you would like to throw it our way you can uh, check out our patreon patreon.com slash go home bible this is where we post episodes a little bit early you can also get access to ad free episodes a life verse a few other bells and whistles throughout the year and yeah we would just love to have you be a part of that uh very excited about that community uh anything else you want to plug tori Mm, i don't know we we both have other podcasts. You can we go do listen to those. We do. Yeah, Tori has a delightful podcast called White Homework. Unless you have you started another podcast beyond that? No, no. Right now it's it's this and White Homework. So White Homework is a good time. I'm also a part of a new podcast called Rev Covery. I should say, do you want to describe what White Homework is? It's actually a very it's a succinct, very self explanatory title, which I love about it. But did you want to say something about it? It's just like, you know, anti-racism and, and like from a kind of like a neuroscience perspective or like from an American history, sociology perspective. So yeah, I have another podcast called Rev Covery. It's uh, geared more towards ministers that are leaving, have, have, have leaving left ministry are considering leaving. Uh, and how do you, how do you leave that lifestyle? It is, it is a difficult lifestyle to leave. And, and how do you leave well too? Um, I think some people stay in and they burn out and that's not good for you or for the people in your church. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we kind of talk through that and we have a lot of interviews and different stuff like that. So yeah, that's what we're up to. And we very much appreciate you listening. Hope you have a wonderful springtime and uh, we'll see you back next week.
First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.